Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Appalachian Firesides podcast. Uh, as always, I'm TJ Hensley. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Uh, we've got a great episode lined up for you guys. I'm joined uh, this time by my very good friend, Drew Hayden, whom I met here at Georgetown College. Uh, we've been friends for quite a while, and uh, we've been talking about having him on the podcast for a bit now, so I'm glad that he was able to uh, finally join. Uh, we have a really good conversation, uh, pretty entertaining, pretty lighthearted, but we tackle some serious topics too, uh, and it is a really entertaining. It's a good time, so I, I think you all will agree with that once you listen to it. Uh, we discuss uh, everything from Andrew Yang's new political party, the Forward Party, uh, to how Drew and I feel we can better create a, an equitable economy, and we round it out with a discussion of a piece of 18th century English poetry that has us dying laughing by the end of the episode. So be sure to stick around for all of that. I did want to note one thing for you guys before you listen to the episode. Uh, there are a couple of times uh, over the course of the episode itself and the discussion I have with Drew where I bring up a poll that was uh, talked about quite a bit in the 2020 Democratic presidential primaries. And I didn't have the numbers in front of me for that poll. And to make sure that I have that I give you guys the proper context and the proper information, I actually found the correct number for uh, this poll. So uh, what this survey was asking of uh, the American people was how many of them would be able to afford a surprise emergency expense of about $400. And according to this poll, Half of all Americans would have difficulty paying a $400 emergency expense, and 19% of Americans, or about one in five, could not pay that expense at all. So I think that that highlights just one way in which our economy has left a lot of folks behind and just represents one area where we need to do a lot of work in order to make it so that nobody worries about being left behind and nobody worries that they won't be able to pay a $400 expense when they need to be at a bill or another payment of some kind. So I wanted to just give you all the proper context and the correct information about that poll that I bring up. But anyway, there I go again with that phrase. Uh, let's get right into the conversation that I have with my very good friend, uh, Drew Hayden, and I hope you all enjoy. <music> It's like um, um, a lot more complicated than I was anticipating it would be. Yeah. Do you do like an intro to start this off or whatever? No. I, uh, well, I will, but later on, it'll be like pre-recorded. Oh, fair enough. So I might like record our conversation here, and then I'll pre I'll pre-record an opening that is like, hey. How are you got? No, I'm just kidding. It's hey, like, let's the, go. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, um, like whenever I talk to somebody, I just started out and we just talk and riff and talk riff and, and talk. Yeah. So do you want to, do you want to introduce yourself or do you want to remain anonymous? Cause I haven't, I haven't, I haven't mentioned like who you are. I just said I'd have a friend on. You can just introduce, you introduce me. No, it's you, it's your podcast. You, but it's, I'll tell them, I'll tell them a little bit about myself after you say, this is uh, Smuckers. Smuckers. <laughs> this is Smuckers Jelly. Okay. Um, 
Have you seen Oh <laughs> Have you seen Oh Hello with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney on Yeah, Netflix? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say this is CBS baby. <laughs> okay. Um so with me right now in this luxurious studio apartment apartment that is um it's actually really good a really good environment because we got the carpeted floor two beds two beds a lot of taking up the sound mm -hmm. like when i recorded my room back home my floor is like wood paneling and so like oh, every, yeah, that's gotta suck. everything bounces off so i have like a carpet similar to that that you can like move mm -hmm. so what i'll do is i'll drag the carpet and like put it like directly underneath the mic so where like it doesn't take up as much sound and like i'll try to i'll take like an extra blanket and like put it in front of the bottom of the door to like stop echoing because this mic is really sensitive yeah i can tell yeah like it it picked up my dad listening to moonshiners when i was testing it out on uh christmas whenever i got it and it was really funny yeah um but yeah with me now is the amazing the talented the very uh what's another adjective for you i don't know tall the very tall drew hayden yeah yeah, I'm Drew Hayden. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, I've been friends with TJ for a while now. Yep. Finally, kind of happy to be on the podcast. It's kind of. I'm happy you're here. Yeah, it's a good, good time. Good time. Good conversations. Good conversations. We do this all the time. We just never record it. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I've been in this exact same chair with that exact same mug, drinking the exact same coffee out of the exact same pour over. Yeah, as we enjoy coffee as it was originally enjoyed. Yeah. And by that, I mean, we're in Constantinople. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time because when in Constantinople. Do as the Constantinopolians do. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the Byzantines. The Byzantines. All right. Um, well. Starting get, us off. Starting us off. The uh, forward party. The forward party. We're talking about the forward party. Drew, why why are we talking about the forward party? Because I am on the email list. <laughs> because you you are on the email list. I'm for on the, the email list for the forward party. That's right. Because I love Andrew. You love Andrew Yang? Yeah, no. I do. We also have kind of the same name. Right. Fair enough. I just different last names. Just different he has, last he names. He has a little bit more to his first name than I do. You Yeah. You, you cut straight to the point. Which is Drew. Which is Drew. Yeah, it's less cool. Less cool. No, no, it's it's the same degree of cool. I think. I don't know. I mean, what have I done that Andrew Yang is in comparison to Andrew Yang? You've um, gone to college. You've gone to college, and I haven't started my own political party. But you, like Andrew Yang, have are on a podcast right now. Exactly. So there we go. So, yeah, you're, you're same accomplishments. Same accomplishments. Exact same. Uh, have Who you, knows? I'll run for president in a couple years. You'll be the first presidential candidate for the forward party because of how similar you are to Andrew Yang <laughs> and like your accomplishments. I'm going to get up to the stand. <laughs> What's your opinion on this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just I'm just here. I'm man. just here, man. I, yeah. I came for the free food. I came for the, the, for the free low bro down, <laughs> down in the kitchen. <laughs> I don't even know how I got on this stage. Oh man, that's like um, it's like Dick Cheney. It's like Dick Cheney, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like Dick Cheney. Yeah, dude, I saw a, an article that you know Liz Cheney, his daughter. I haven't looked into her that much. So she's a she's a congresswoman from Wyoming, and she's a Republican. Mm, Wyoming, Wyoming, yeah, Wyoming, Wyoming, right, Wyoming. 
but she she's on the committee that's investigating the January sixth insurrection. Like it's only yeah she and one other Republican, and then the rest of them are Democrats. And there's this um, article that's out there floating. I don't know that it's take being taken very seriously. That's fair. But it's saying that she should replace Kamala Harris on the ticket for Biden in 2024. And like, why? I don't know. Like, I did. To be fair, I didn't read the article. But at the same time, did I have to? Is no. that is that plausible at all? No, it would just be like. Does America have problems? We'll get ready for America to have problems 2.0. 2.0. We're 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 going back to political families, the chain yeah. and we're and we're starting with the Cheneys. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like the one time whenever like back in like America's history where they're just like, so how do we choose vice presidents? You know the guy that ran against you? Yeah. We're just gonna get him. Just get him. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if we had kept that. We would have had President uh, Joe Biden and Vice President Donald Trump. And then before that, we would have had President Donald Trump and Vice President Hillary Clinton. I don't think America could have survived two nuclear wars. No, we wouldn't have survived two nuclear wars. No way. <laughs> no. So I'm curious. Um, when did you first... Because I'm only... Um, like newly... A, a new Andrew Yang associate. Sure. Yeah. We'll phrase it that way. We'll phrase it that way. That's that's actually a good way to phrase it. Um, because I groupie, a groupie. I'm the newest Andrew Yang groupie. Yeah. Um, but in the primary, my dad really liked him. Yeah. And my uh, my initial, not only initial, but pretty much the whole way through the primary was like. I, I was only voting for Bernie and nobody could convince me not to vote for Bernie. I That's, voted. It's the TJ way. It's the TJ way. I voted. He's for, on your guitar case. For he's a reason. on my guitar case for a reason. I voted for Bernie after he dropped out. It's <laughs> better than the people that voted for Kanye. Pre- precisely. Um, but no, nothing no, against voting for Kanye. Nothing against voting for Kanye. That's kind of, that's kind of hilarious. That is kind of hilarious. There are 16 people in Harlan who voted for Kanye. Last I checked. Well, I mean, Kentucky was like leading. Kentucky in- was like leading for Kanye, and then he posted a video on like Instagram or something of him like losing his mind, like Kentucky, let's go, and like it was like point one percent of the vote. It was really funny. That's insane. No, yeah. Kentucky was like super heavy on third parties. Yeah, for this real. Last election, let's go Kentucky. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up and see like what it actually was because we pretty were heavily third party. Yeah. This time around, more so even than uh, those labor unions, dude. Oh yeah, for real. Let's see, uh, Politico. That's a good resource. Politico. Yeah, Politico. Yeah, they're all right. Oh <laughs> uh, well, no, they're not because they're only showing the only showing the two party. Only showing the two party. That two party <laughs> oh system. Oh my god, it's everywhere. Um, but yeah, what I was gonna say is, so I didn't pay much attention. I, I don't want to say that. I did pay attention to him in the primary, but I wasn't I wasn't in, like I didn't go to his website and like read in depth what his proposals were because I was convinced that I was only going to vote for Bernie. So it didn't matter. That was really close minded of me. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Yeah, uh, I was kind of the same way. Yeah. In the last election. Yeah. Because uh, I was kind of like full into the uh, like. Uh, I was like. I don't, I don't really know, like, kind of like, I don't know who I want to vote for. Yeah. So 
I'm going to look at a bunch of different policies and just read and keep on reading. Right. And I really it got I got had to do a mail-in ballot because I live five hours away. Yeah. And like, who's to know what happened with that? Yeah. I don't even know if I mailed it to the right place. My votes did not get counted properly. <laughs> um, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like I just kind of went through and I was just kind of voting for like third-party candidates that I kind of just knew about and yeah. al along the lines of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't really look into Andrew uh, Yang that much. I got you. During, during the last election. Yeah. But it was like afterwards I started looking into his stuff because I heard a lot of people talking about him. Me too. That's I how I like, started. And I started looking into him because, you know, I was hearing a lot of um, right-leaning people being like, man, I like him. I like him a little bit, but, you know. Yeah. He's a little too left-leaning for me. And then I would hear left-leaning left -leaning people say, man, I kind of like him, but he, he's a little too right-leaning for me. And I was same, like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to have to look into this I'm gonna guy. I'm going to have to look into this guy. And I looked at his website, and like the first thing I see is not left, not right, but forward. Right. And I was like, hmm, okay. I could support that. I could support that. <laughs> I could support that heavy. Yeah. And then reading through his stuff, a lot of his proposals are around like, you know, it's not just supporting the forward party. It's about supporting whatever whatever candidate we consider is best at the moment. Right. Doesn't matter what your political party is if you're gonna like influence America to be on a progressive state. Yeah. And progress upwards and not progress in any way. Then yeah, we'll support you all the way. We'll back you a hundred percent. Right, right. That's that's what it says on there that they'll um, support, especially this year coming with the midterms. As long as you support those, like you said, those goals, they'll support you whether you're Democrat, yeah. Republican, independent. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. If like if you if you're for improving America mm -hmm. in a way, because like another big thing on the on the forward party website is that our democracy is broken. Right. But like we the people can fix it. Right. And you know that's a that's a big thing I believe in. Yeah. And yeah. I think, for sure. I think there's a lot of Americans that believe in that. For sure. Um, no matter where you fall, because I mean, that's be flat for a second yeah let's be let's be honest i feel like a lot of people support in a certain way mm -hmm. whenever really they haven't done as much research as they should you have a lot of you have a lot of uh tailgaters mm -hmm. in the way yeah so not in the way i mean there's nothing wrong with being a tailgater if you want to tailgate your politics that's that, fine that's fine yeah i, I don't care enough to be like, hey, you shouldn't. You shouldn't tailgate your politics. You shouldn't tailgate your politics. What are you doing putting bumper stickers putting... on your car? Yeah, yeah. You don't even know all their policies. Right. Dude, I don't even know all the policies. Right. And, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, I feel that a, a really important goal of the, like, the spirit of the forward party is to, like, make sure that everybody is informed. Like, they have fact-based yeah. governance. And, and like you said, even regard, regardless of like what you're registered as or like you'd consider yourself like liberal, moderate, progressive, conservative, by and large, everybody that you talk to is interested in solving problems. Yeah. And regardless of what form that takes their game. Exactly. I feel like that's how he was able to like how he's able to elicit that response of like people on the left and the right and the center saying, yeah, there are some of his policies that I like because yeah. like, who, what American are you going to go up to and just be like, hey, how do you feel about problems in America? And they're going to be like. I think there should be more. I think there should be more. I think them. we should like make more. I yeah. think we should like declare war. I think we should spend all of our money. Spend all of our money on cocaine. Yep. And then <laughs> and then and then what we need to do is we need to do the 
the old strat, the old 80 strat, and we're going to pump a bunch of drugs into all our cities because that helped out a lot. And then and then we'll come up with even more problems to start after that, so it'll be fine. Because we're going to try to solve those problems by making more by, problems. By making more problems, it's yeah. It's the American way. We're going to we're going to drown out the cocaine with a uh, crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um so I haven't read any of his cuz he wrote that book um The War on Normal People. Yeah. where he lays out like a lot of the policies that he ran on uh, for president and mm-hmm. then he just come out with a he just came out with um, his book forward that like was the catalyst for the forward party so I was wondering if you had read either of those or if you just knew of him through like listening to him his podcast his interviews yeah. and like yeah. reading up on what he because I haven't read I have both of those books on my list right now so I was I also have both of those books on my list yeah. I have not bought them I got you but yeah mainly my uh my information coming with the Ford Party mm-hmm. is mainly based on like his his podcast, yeah. his uh, his interviews that he's done. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he's interviewed with a lot of main news media. Yeah, he was a on the staff of like he was a. I guess you'd call him a commentator for yeah. for CNN after he dropped out, and then he uh, left that to do this. But before, like especially like when he was running, he was everywhere. He was on. He was on Fox. He was yeah. on CNN. He was on MSNBC. He was on Joe Rogan. He was on yeah, like like he was really about getting his message out to everybody that yeah. he possibly could, which is insane. Yeah, like, I cannot think of like a lot of candidates that would like swallow their pride enough to go to people that they obviously don't agree with, right? And like you know, I, I respect that. Yeah, I respect that a lot. Like, yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big thing that America needs yeah. is someone that is able to kind of like you know. We've we've shown that he can see all sides. Yeah, you know it's. I'm pretty sure any candidate or anyone that has been president ever, partially, yeah, could see all sides. They could acknowledge the feelings and be empathetic towards other candidates and other parties and all stuff. But it takes someone else to be like, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe I need to sit back maybe i need to swallow my pride a little bit maybe yeah. i need to maybe i need to like you know do interviews with you maybe right, i need right. to maybe i need to heavily consider your policies and right. stuff like that and that's a completely different animal in my opinion yeah yeah i totally agree but yeah like reading up on a lot of his stuff just like his like human focused capitalism mm-hmm. that's why have we not done that right like a lot of his policies are in the lines of just like you know why have we not done this already right type stuff like modern governments and you know taxes his tax policies right i don't completely agree with his tax policies because i'm more for you know depending on what well i'll get into that in a second okay Uh, his tax policies of you know the you know you you give a certain amount to the government Mm -hmm. and they know how much you give and they know how much you're supposed to give. Right. But then his whole thing of like, you know, the government should also be helping you out. To yeah. Help you have a uh, health care, help you have um, equal opportunity. Yeah. Equity. Yeah. And stuff like that. You know, that's a, that's a really good policy. That yeah, for sure. I don't know why we haven't implemented in a while. Well, I know why we haven't. Right. But why haven't we? Right. Taxes, touchy subject for everybody, especially for keeping things lighthearted. Right. You mentioned taxes and someone pulls out a pitchfork. (laughs) 
what's your policy on taxes? What's my policy on taxes? Yeah. Would you like me to say my kind of solution that I would that I've not thought over a lot, but hey, I'm listen, kind of like you know, you know, maybe this would be a fun thing, fun way to do tax, fun little way, to fun do, little way to do taxes, fun little quirky way to do taxes. Yeah, give it, give it, give it to me. Um, you know, there's a lot of nonprofits in America. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that run off taxation tax dollars in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, not everyone agrees with where their tax dollars go and all that stuff. So like, For sure. if you have like a flat, you know, let's say 2% rate, government takes flat 2% to distribute to whatever they want to distribute. Okay. So you're meaning like um, flat 2% of family income. Okay. Gotcha. And also business income. Gotcha. Of your business, your family, normal tax places that are taxed. Right. Flat 2%. But there is another extra 3% that is also taken, but you pick where you want those tax dollars to go. Gotcha. Say you're like, man, the roads are really bad right now. I'm going to take my other 3% of my tax dollars Mm -hmm. and toss it towards road department. Right. And like that goes for whatever, uh, whatever you can give more if you want to, you can give less, you can't give less, but you can give more. Like three is the minimum. Three is the minimum. But then, like, if you're a person of means and you feel really passionately about, like, you want roads to get fixed, you want funding for healthcare, you want funding for education, you can give more, more. and, like, yeah, okay, I see and, where you're going. And, with that. like, you know, people like uh, Elon Musk and yeah. Jeff Bezos and stuff like that, they yeah. still have that flat 2% and 3% rate that they have to pay. Yeah. That you have to. That's a lot of money for them. Right. It's a lot of money for everybody. But, I mean, it's a lot of money coming from them, too. 5% yeah. of Jeff Bezos' annual wealth yeah. is a lot of money. Right. But if you wanted to, because he's, if you liquidate his assets, he is insanely rich. Oh, yeah. He is ungodly rich. Oh, yeah. Like, Jesus, that guy is rich. <laughs> yeah. That is so much money. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, it is insane. Like, he could, he could <laughs> plausibly, in the wintertime, he could use it to like as fuel for like his oh, fireplace. I'm sure he does. He's got, he's got, I bet he has bags of like the, the dollar bills with like the older serial numbers. Yeah. And he just like, he has a big shovel. golden shovel like stuffed into it. Yeah, gold plated shovel. A gold plated shovel. And then shoveling it into his, into his, his golden, his furnace. golden fire, his golden furnace. Yeah. The golden furnace where he burns <laughs> it, all our hopes and dreams. It, of it, it heats his golden laced hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of money coming from him. So. Right. But then if he wanted to, he could be like, you know, I want a certain stock to go up. Right. Let's throw stocks into it. Why not? I want a certain stock to thrive yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm going to take a few more percentages and just toss it into that. Or, man, the roads in New York are really bad right now. Actually, you know what? Let's just make this real. The roads in Boston <laughs> suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to take a few more percentages and I'm going to throw it into the roads at Boston. Right. To make them like, you know, where you don't have to, I had a buddy manager I used to work for and he, his retirement plan was to open a tire shop in Boston and he was going to make a lot of money. Too much money. Too much money. <laughs> Opening a tire shop. Opening a tire. In Boston. Yeah. So make it where he couldn't get rich. Right. But, you know, roads in Boston's horrible yeah you know you get that 
be able to throw your percentages towards that. You right. Can, you can, like I said, flat flat two percent, mm. flat five percent, really, but three percent of that five is thrown to the area you that want. you would like for it to go to. Yeah. So would you can so would you when you think of that, is that flat between two and five percent replacing any other uh, tax? Is that like replacing a federal or state income tax? Or are you meaning? Are you envisioning that to be like on top of what's already there? I'm more so because I've heard uh, some people espouse like an idea of a flat rate of replacing like the income tax or the state sales tax. Or something. So I'm just wondering yeah, if that's what that's, you're thinking. Of that's too. more of what I'm thinking. Of. Okay. Like, I think we should completely revitalize our taxing system. Right. Cause I think <clears throat> taxes work. Yeah. But I don't think they work well enough. Right. And I think you can look at the roads in Boston and realize that they don't work well enough. Certainly. Um, but then they have, you know, you have state tax, you have income tax, you mm-hmm. have all this stuff. You have all these different taxation rates. Yeah. And different ways. And yeah. I just feel like, you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Right. It, it can be more more simplified. And of course, this is a random guy thinking and being like, this is how I think it should work. Right. Little do I know about what goes on in the offices above my head about taxing. Right. I don't know what they're doing over there. Right. And I will never know. I will never. We will never be privy to that information. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's how I think it should be. Yeah. I think that would be a really cool way to do it. I respect it. If it never happens, I understand. I, <laughs> I don't know what I don't I'm know doing. What I'm doing. <laughs> so, on this app that I use to record and publish this, there's a section where you can look at the demographics of like your listeners, but you can also see where they are dispersed um, geographically. Yeah. So about like 90 to 95% of the people who listen to this, uh, love you guys, by the way, are in the U S but then I have some that are in, I have some in Germany in, in the UK. Let's go. And uh, Italy and Canada. And when you click on the country, it like breaks it down further. So like if you click on the U.S., it will show you like the percentages of each state. Okay. And most of mine are in Kentucky. Of course. Um, but like when name you, of the podcast name of the podcast is Appalachian Fireside, so that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But when you click on on Canada, a hundred percent of my listeners in Canada, and it could just be one one person. Yeah. Um, and if you if this one person is listening to this, maybe they can shed some light on this. They're in the Yukon. Which, to my understanding, when I think of the Yukon, I think of like really unforgivable, snowy, and icy terrain. Is that accurate based on your information? Am, am I understanding of the Yukon? Yeah, your understanding of the Yukon. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Well, then... I feel like this, I feel like you're, this is no offense to the one person in Canada. Yeah. But I feel like this is the only thing getting them through their day sometimes. They're just like snowed in, yeah. dying slowly, and they're just like, Appalachian Fireside. Fireside. I could really use a fireside right now. Lay me on with some of your mountain wisdom, Teach. Teach. <laughs> Show me some of that mountain talk. <laughs> but no, um, I, I bet there's a guy listening to this in like um, somewhere who's like an investment economist who like knows everything there is to know about taxes. And he's just going. Like, wow, this guy's so he's, dumb. He's going to listen to us talking about taxes and say, "What?" No, what? no, no, he's going to go. This is going to be his reaction. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, man. No, that's I can go one of two ways. It's going to be the way, wow, these guys are super dumb. Yeah. Or, 
huh? Why didn't I think they've of got that? a point? Think they've got that. a point. That's a decent point. Decent point. So I guess I now owe you my explanation of where I stand on taxes. You do. You okay. Do. I'm just pausing for dramatic effect. You come in and you're just like, I think we should get rid of all taxes. No, I think I think we should I think we should have a one hundred percent income tax solely on Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I think all taxes should just come from Jeff Bezos. Should just come from Jeff Bezos. Um my my actual ideas on this aren't too far from that. No, I'm just kidding. I I would I definitely believe in like a progressive income tax um, bracket where like if you make a hundred billion dollars a year, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, main, I main. I think any like regular, any regular average American would probably agree with yeah, that. I like how we have to say average because uh, every day the middle class is shrinking. Precisely. That makes you think. That makes, that makes you think. You, yeah, that makes you unhappy. That may, yeah, you very look unhappy. At the, you look at the uh, like total wealth held by. Like all the wealth in the nation, yeah, ninety percent of it, ten percent, ten percent of the population. It's insane. Well, that's the thing, because like that's one thing that I think COVID has like between forty-five to sixty percent of Americans didn't have enough saved in the bank to cover like a four hundred dollar emergency, and that's probably like skyrocketed over the pandemic because of how many people had to quit working or how many people didn't have a job to return to because they're the business that they worked at either closed down. So like, and like, that's just like, you know, recently. Yeah. Like that's, that's very recent with COVID and stuff like that. But like, we don't even think about the countless natural disasters that impact. Right. Exactly. Like recently for me, like my hometown got hit by a tornado. Yeah. Back five hours in West Kentucky. Right. You can't like, you can't like fathom like how destructive like some wind can be. Yeah. Because you have people all the time. Like you get the roof blown off your house in a thunderstorm. A thunderstorm. Things we live through every single day, no matter where you're at, pretty right. much. Like a thunderstorm, a dust storm, something like that. Get your roof blown off. Rain comes into your house, floods everything, ruins everything. It's over. Yeah. For you in America. It's over. Like it's 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 insane. And like, like there's, so, there's so- no net. Exactly. Like so many people, they don't have any support system that can like adequately replace and get them back to where they were um, before something like that happened. Um, and it's it's terrible. It, it I think. Um, I, I think you're right. We don't realize how much of an effect that has on people. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just. I don't know, man. It's yeah. so like I'm here like a normal average 20 something guy yeah. in America debt. Yeah. And like j- my, my debt, like already. Right. is just like already has like so much control over how I think about things. Right. And all like that you plan to do afterwards. Yeah. Cause like, everything there's like, man, I want to go do so much. I want to travel. Right. I want to, you know, I want to have like, you know, I want to make really good memories right. like, and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just that little bit of like, oh, hey, you owe us. You owe us. You can't do anything until you pay it back in 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, you know, that little thing about like, you know, 
oh hey, you pay us back in forty years, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. We put a little sneaky. We thing put a little in there, sneaky thing in there. Call a five percent interest rate. Right. Where it's going to be like quadruple the amount mm-hmm. that you paid us. Yeah. Because why not? Right. It's, you know, and like I understand why. Mm-hmm. I understand the principle of why. Mm-hmm. But also, why? Why? Also, I'm asking why. why? <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing though. That's things like that are one reason why I think that like when it comes to taxation, when we have that kind of like progressive rate where you pay more if you make more money in income, but also like a high, like making sure that looking at big corporations, not just like mom and pop businesses with one or two proprietors that have been in the yeah. same town for a hundred like years. Take a moment to like, Applaud mom and pop businesses. Applaud mom and pop businesses. Absolutely. They are. They run America. They run America. They. That's right. They do. Like that is like, forget the American dream. That's the American. That's dream. the American dream. Walking into a store and just seeing some like couple uh, or something just somewhere. Yeah. Some dude, which is a universal term for me. Right. Dude isn't just some dude. Just like a dude. We're all dudes. We're all dudes someone just being like i'm doing something that i love yeah and i'm making money off of it yeah and i don't hate it then i get to share that with my with a person who i love and and respect and admire yeah yeah my i get to pass it on to my kids yeah and and that's yeah i I make some soap i make some soap i make some soap and some molds it smells good i sell it i make a living and then i get to go home every day yeah look at myself in the mirror and be like, you know, I'm proud of what I'm I proud do. of what I do. Yeah. We're half of a man. I would say not even half, yeah. way more than half. Yeah. I'm shooting 85, 85, 85% of Americans. Oh, okay. I got you. Not age, but 85% of Americans go home from their job that they originally loved because they went to college or they went to a trade school or yeah. they went to an apprenticeship and they originally <laughs> loved it. And they go home and look in the mirror and they're just like, man, yeah what happened right where did i go wrong right like where what happened in my life that something that i used to love mm-hmm. becomes so mon- like so just mechanical mechanical monotonous don't derive any joy from it's it anymore just another gear yeah yeah well that that's that's the thing um that'll be i think it'll be worthwhile returning to when we start delving into the forward party platform because i think that yeah. is a big reason why human-centered capitalism in the way that Andrew Yang talks about it, like the idea of it at least is so profound because like, it's not just about working. It's about enjoying what you do and like deriving enjoyment from it because of the fact that like when you enjoy what you do, it makes you want to do it better and it makes you happier and it's better for your well-being. And then like you could inspire somebody else to say, you know what? I'm in a job that I don't enjoy right now. I'm going to I'm going to go do what I want to do, what I'm passionate about and then you know that of course starts a could potentially start a chain reaction. So that yeah. That like me uh in my like outlook on like future jobs yeah. and stuff like that because I still am in college. Right. And I'm doing my thing the best I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but IO, industrial and organizational psychology. Yeah. It is so intriguing that like there there literally had to be a whole job made 
to make sure people are happy. To make sure people are happy. Right. To make sure people have a connection. Right. Between what they do. Like the personal, it's a section of it, but a personal psychology. Yeah. You're trying to like make sure everyone is able to function. And it's just so insane. Right. That there's that much thought that goes into like, oh, hey, this is a job that I'm working. Right. That I like. Why am I not happy? There's some there's some wires crossed. Right. Somewhere. Yeah. But I guess to sum up what I think on taxes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long that was a long that was a, that was a quite an extensive rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh but no I, like I Wonderland. Right, wonder, we're in Wonderland now. Wonder, how? The, the 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 land of uh, Kennedy. Okay, Kennedy. Kennedy, is that you? Robert Kennedy. I forgot I had that poster up there. Cash as well. Yeah, there's another one of him right there. Well, actually, that's Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash, but pretty close. It's a good movie. Good movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like a progressive income tax and like a fair amount of corporate taxes that like if you're Amazon, you're not being um, if you're Amazon, you're being taxed at a higher rate than like a mom and pop. Yeah. Business. Yeah. Or, like we have to we have to I think we have to like make the corporate and business taxes equitable depending on like how much money you make uh whether or not you're like a big monopolistic corporation like amazon or you're just like a regular business with like 200 employees business and corporation yeah on taxing like depending on how small of a business you are yeah and how large of a business you are is not the time to like pull the equality thing right Businesses sh- businesses should not be equally taxed. No, they shouldn't be equally taxed because, like, at, when you think about it, the the benefit that say Jeff Bezos and like a propri- a single proprietor of like a I don't know a birdhouse making business would benefit the same from like the the kind of like human infrastructure we could and physical infrastructure we could invest in by having those kinds of tax rates that are like progressively based on like how much money you as an individual or as a business make exactly. when you take that revenue and you you use it to invest in things like healthcare and infrastructure and jobs and stuff it it benefits everybody in the long run yeah so that that's where i've come to land on it speaking right. speaking of public policy you want to talk about forward parties policies let's talk about forward party policies i wrote down a few right. on, on my trusty notebook this is the same notebook i've been using for like all of my episodes. The first thing I wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember what this was. This was about healthcare and how people can't afford it. You already did an episode on that one? On on what? Healthcare? Not on solely on healthcare, but that's a deep controversial topic. It right is there. a deep controversial topic. No matter what you say about healthcare, everyone will <laughs> martyr you. Right. <laughs> you get martyred. It's not even not even like for exactly like an extremely martyrable cause. Yeah. Like, you know, I think people should be able to like, you know, survive. Yeah. Put stake in the ground, <laughs> nails you to stake. Nails you to stake. How uh, dare you think that people did, should get help? How dare you think people should be helped? You know what? Let's talk about this for a second. You want to talk about it for a second? I, I have one thing. Speakers. What's up Yeah. with counseling and clinical psychology not being able to advertise? I have no idea. I, I have no knowledge at all about this topic so they can't they cannot advertise so no clinical psychologist in like, like a private... let's say because i'm that's the area that i'm going into yeah 
future future Drew. Right. Clinical psychologist thera- therapist Drew. Yeah. I cannot put a billboard up. I cannot advertise. I can't have commercials mm-hmm. or anything like that. Why? What is, what is the reason that they get for that? I don't know. You don't know the re- Oh, wow. Like the 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 reasons that I've heard is just like well, you know, it has to be like a ch- it's a choice. I get that, but like I get like it's a choice, but like but how are people supposed to know that they have that they the have choice? a choice? Shouldn't you let them know by some ways that you that they have a choice? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that like like I I will say this. Yeah, recent recently, uh-huh. there have been organizations that have been able to get stuff like that, like BetterHelp. Right. BetterHelp has like since it's technically not a clinical psychologist it's not a therapist yeah it's an organization it's a business yeah they can advertise okay so we're making strides so that's like a hyper individualized rule like individual therapists can't like advertise their sole practices but like if two or three of them got together and started a business they could because then it's a business because then it's a bit that's that's strange i didn't know anything about that I think that's how it works. Yeah. I could be wrong on this. I I get. I do know that there's like a lot of weird like. For a long time. Yeah. A long time, therapy was kind of like, chiropractic. Yeah. Where people were like, I don't need that. <laughs> that's not a real medical field. You can do that at home by popping your back. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that at home by popping your back. You can also like you know do that at home by like popping some pills. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Call out the. Call up the pharmaceutical industry, the Sackler family. Dude, we'll get hit. We will get hit. We will get hit. <laughs> What's that beeping? There, <laughs> hey, there's a there's a red dot coming through the window right now. Oh, oh boy. It's the Johnson and Johnson it's, company. It's, just like take them out. No, I, I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, so they're they're gonna detonate it. They're gonna detonate <laughs> the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I'm good. I got Pfizer. I'm, I'm good. And I need you to. I need you to tell my story. I need you to take over the podcast. Like, no, I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying after you mourn me. I'm saying like, if I die right now, just take it over. Take just my. Take it over. Yeah, take it over. I'll become TJ. You become TJ. Yeah. I'll just. I'll, I'll just completely change my identity. Well, no. Here's what you can do. You can keep your own identity. Live your life, but live mine for me at the same time. So through the podcast. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about like alternate Dual between life. going to, to, to your, get married twice. Yeah. And then like alternate <laughs> between your hometown and Harlan. And then like go, have, have get like, your PhD in psychology, but also get a law degree. Law degree. Aren't, aren't you my therapist? I'm also your attorney. I'm switching hats right now. I wear like, I wear, <laughs> I wear two different hats and two different suits. No, you wear all my clothes are like it, like. Uh, you can like pull them like they're like they're them. like the they're like the the clothes the sweat the sweats that people wear where they can just rip them off and but like it's like leisure suits it's like leisure suits yeah and then like you've got a Sherlock Holmes hat where it's got like two bills bills and you just like turn it around one one is like um uh, one has like lawyer written on it and then you turn it around and the other says therapist so that people know who they're talking to <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that's what you need to do if I if I if I croak. If you croak, yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah, I'll do that for you. Thanks, man. I don't know about getting married twice. I'll just like convince my fiance <laughs> to be like, look, I'm two different guys. Can you can you can you convince her to agree to be two different two different people, people as well? well? 
<laughs> live live completely so you'd be living a quadruple life god <laughs> convince our kids to be <laughs> <laughs> convince your kids that they're they're you are you are this Sersha, and you are also sasha sasha you are two different girls <laughs> convince their kids but they're two different people it's a never-ending cycle <laughs> and then eventually like one of them becomes like the president of the united states down the line but they're also, also they're, they're also the owner of a mcdonald's no they they it, it becomes like so endemic to the point where the global population shoots up by like a thousand percent because everybody's living a double life there's, there's 18 <laughs> billion people yeah, how, how, how did the world grow so fast? Like all the climate scientists look at that and they're like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> they're like, Where "The do? census comes through," and I'm just like, "Hey, I don't really know how to fill this out. I'm technically two different guys." Are there 800 million people in the country? Sweet, sweet. So forward party, forward party. We've pretty much hit a lot of points about forward party. Let's yeah. talk about one of the things that we're both of us are. Little fuzzy on. Yeah. Let's talk about labor unions with the forward party. For sure. Um, so that's the thing keeping you from that's the thing, yeah. That's a that's what is keeping me from signing the newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like for those who may not know who are listening, um it's a teach thing. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, no, they they definitely know that. Um so like that's that's like the only way you can register to be a member of the forward party because it's yeah. not it's not an actual party. party it's like a it's a thought a, it's a pat it's a thought that wants to materialize into a thing yeah and, and they just they're getting people to sign up for a newsletter and it's just like a simple email yeah 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 you go to their just website like, scroll to the bottom you put in your first name last name and your email address yeah and then you're signed into it yeah Drew has unwittingly been a forward party member for a little bit now right yep. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that's how you signed up. I was, yeah. I was already on email list. Well, I didn't either. And so, um, like, I was going through the platform, and uh, the the FAQs were like, uh, where do I sign up? And it's like, click the link here. And it took me to – and the heading was, sign up for our newsletter. And I was like, oh. Oh. Okay. That's kind of a – which I understand it now. Yeah, like, I understand it now. It's, it's not a it's not a literal party. No, yet, and, like, so. that'll be the way that you let people know, like, hey, we're registered with the FEC, and you can officially switch your registration now. And, and also, like, you know, they can take that to the FEC and be like, hey, we have, like... We have all these people. We mm-hmm. have, like, 3,000 people on our newsletter. Yeah. Which, that's, like, the base amount to make a political party. Isn't it? I have no idea. I was trying to... I was, I was looking that up. I was, I was trying like, to find it so that we could, like, know for sure. I know. I, I read it somewhere one time, whenever I wrote that paper for the uh, newspaper oh, about yeah. third parties. Yeah. I was talking about that mm-hmm. a little bit as a joke. Yeah. Because, like, if you have, like... No. It's not even that. It's like a hundred people. Yeah. Like if you have a hundred like-minded people that agree with the same things as you and say, I support blank party. Yeah. Then you can register and be like, I am the whatever party. Right. So like, it might happen a lot sooner. than It, think, it might happen but... a lot, um, lot sooner because there's, um, there's another third party movement that I'm, I'm following called the movement for a people's party. Have you seen that? I actually haven't. No. So that, that kind of grew out of uh, Bernie getting shafted again during the Democratic primaries. Bernie's always getting he's shafted. always getting shafted, and so like a lot of prominent left wing Democrats said, "Listen, Democratic Party is not doing it for us. We got to start our own uh, progressive People's Party." Um, and then a lot, a lot of like prominent uh, 
left leaning figures are uh, like in that process and they've already gotten organized as an actual party. Really? I, I think because they've got, I follow them on social media and they like, um, let's say like welcome the Colorado people's party. Oh, okay. so, so the threshold. It's a loud I, chair. I, yeah, it is a loud chair. I think I've said that multiple times this podcast. Yeah. But I feel bad every single time I crinkle the fabric. <laughs> crinkle the fabric. That's okay. This mic is really sensitive. Yeah. I can I can hear your beard hair ruffling. Really? No. The... All right, I can hear it now. No. But yeah, so the, the threshold, it must not be like it, it must be doable for a person of like influence like Andrew Yang. So it'll probably, yeah. like you said, okay, happen let's just, sooner. Let's take, let's take a side note. All right, side note. Side note. Yeah. I'm going to look up third parties. And we're going to just... That reminded me, I started looking this up at the start, but then I got um, I got waylaid by the fact that it doesn't show the totals at the top. It only shows them at the bottom. Okay. Um. So... Got it. Active parties. Yeah. There is the new progressive party. Mm-hmm. There's the, these are all third represented in the, wait one second. Is this like for the whole country or just? This is, that was Puerto Rico. My okay. Bad. Okay. Um, so these are not represented in Congress, state legislators, or territorial legislators. Gotcha. So these are third parties. There's the Green Party. The Working Families Party, Conservative Party of New York State, Alliance Party, Party for Socialism and Libertation. Wow, can't speak. American Independent Party, the Constitution Party, Peace and Freedom Party, uh, Legal Marijuana Now Party, um, Prohibition Party, Mm -hmm. which their uh, mascot is a camel. So are they in favor of Prohibition? Yeah, they were made in 1869. Dang. Green Party of Alaska. Nice. Socialist Party USA, made in 1973. Mm -hmm. Founded in 1973. Um, Serve America Movement, which was 2017. So there's a lot of just independent parties. And like some of these, I'm going to be honest, I'm looking at them. Dude, yeah. How did they get made? Well, that's the that's the thing, cause like, um, like the Tea that, Party of Nevada. <laughs> that's a literal. Thing. Oh my god, that just goes to show that the threshold to create a full blown party. I'm confident that somebody like Andrew Yang, with the kind of influence and following that he has, could do it. Do it. Yeah. Um, there's the Christian Liberty Party, which is Christian nationalism. Ooh. I don't know. I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that either. As a Christian, I do not like the sound of that. Yeah, same. I don't like to see the words Christian nationalism together. Christian and nationalism together. I don't like seeing the word nationalism in general. And yeah, because like I think that a lot of people think of nationalism and like when they when they think nationalism, they're really thinking of patriotism, which patriotism is good. Yeah. Nationalism, nationalism is, bad. is bad. It's like it's not it's. It's a lot more dangerous of a concept, I think, than a lot of people give it credit for. There's the Workers' World Party. That sounds nice. Which is, uh, it's Marx. Speaking of uh, Marxist parties, so I was doing research one time on um, voter, 
registration in Harlan mm-hmm. um, because I was tracing it back to uh, 1912 when TR ran as a third party, and Harlan was the only that was the only time in between 1882 and 1932 that Harlan didn't vote um, Republican, and then from 1932 up until 2000 they consistently, I think, voted Democratic. But the one blip in that was 1912 when they voted for the Bull Moose Party. But as I was doing that research, I found the current total um, registration for each party in the county. And then, like, of course, the bulk was Republican or Democratic and then second or third largest Libertarian. And then it was like filled out by like independent and then the smaller parties. What caught my eye is the third party that has one registered voter in all of Harlan County. You want to know the name of this party? I would. The Socialist Workers Party. In Harlan. There is one person in Harlan County, and if you're listening to this, and you know who you are, I'd like to speak to you and just pick your brain about what you think. Uh, I would but, too. But they, they are the only person in Harlan who is registered as a member of the Socialist Workers Party. And when I, to- I told one of my friends that, and they, they looked at me and they asked, is it you? I said, no. Not me, not you, not me. Um, yeah, but yeah. Labor unions, labor unions. Um, love them. I love them. I also love them. I I know you do. And that, like you said, that is the biggest reason. Support our boys. Support our yep. And gals. And gals and working on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, solidarity. Solidarity. Um, coal mines. Coal mines. Uh, uh, got that black lung. Black. Yeah. It's bad. Jesus. Yeah. The biggest reason why I'm not yet ready to sign on for the forward party is 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 that because because like I've told people that like I'm actively looking for an alternative because I I've been a since I'm talking about this like I'm a, uh, much older than I am but like I've I was about to say I've been a Democrat since I registered but I only registered like five years ago <laughs> it's fine wait. Hey, five years is a long four, time. Four years. Four? four. Hey, that's a long that's time. That's a long-ish time. That's longer than some people have been alive. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, when I first registered, I registered as a Democrat. And like, I still agree with like a lot of what the Democrats have been before, particularly my boy, FDR. Mm-hmm. I'm that kind of Democrat. And I realized that at least right now, in terms of like who holds the power in the Democratic Party, they are not like that. Yeah, they're much more corporatist exactly. than I w- want them to be, and of course that's true for both parties. Exactly. Um, so that's so we both feel exactly, and it's more so about what you believe than what party you're registered with. Yeah. Also, side note. Yeah. Uh, I like how you said, like you know, boy, FD. Yeah. The boy. The boy. I was like, you're more of that Democrat. Than, yeah. Uh, modern d- Democrat. For sure. Um. This. I'm re- I'm ready to meet someone who says, "Oh yeah, I'm a registered Republican." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Like, yeah. what's your views?" And they're like, "Oh no, 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 not modern day American Republican, Irish Republican." The yeah, uh, black and tan start playing in the starts playing in the background. <laughs> pulls out an AK. <laughs> balaclava pulls, pulls down the balaclava. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um. But yeah, the, so that's the party that, like, their ideals, like, you know, 
government can be a force for good. Uh, labor unions should be supported. People should be making good wages, have a good benefits, stuff like that. Yeah. What the Democrats believes from the time prior. of FDR prior to what and they like, are now. I think it's so insane that people have forgotten like the roots. Like, for sure. you know that like for a long time, yeah, like for the longest time, many of the people that are like registered Republicans now. Oh yeah, they were, were Democrats. Were staunch Democrats. Staunch Democrats. That's like that's like my grandparents. My grandparents were registered Democrats up until like a, a couple years ago. That's how my parents were. Exactly. And and my parents and, and my grandparents. Right. I mean, I'm in I'm from Western Kentucky, which is like, you know, that's like Which was traditionally factories. Yeah. And that yeah, absolutely. And for the longest time they were just like, if you want to like my, my dad, he was just like, yeah, if, if I wanted to be like respected in yeah. my workplace, I voted Democrat. Right. Well, that's the thing, because back then, Democrats actually like stood up for working people. Yeah. Where did that go? Where did that go? Uh, and like, that's not to say that they're. It's like that one thing that went around on the Internet for a really long time. Yeah. It was just like, you know, hey, can we get like, you know, proper wages? And it was like Republicans are just like a flat no. A flat no. And then it was just like Democrats. No. With a little heart. With a little heart. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's the way it is, though, because yeah. like. Up until recently, um, up and that's not to say that there, there are a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans. Yeah, yeah. Who who do support things like that, like government doing good stuff for standing up for working people. Oh yeah, and and I'm it, not saying that like there's. I say that there's there's more people. It's kind of like the thing that I've said for a really long time. Yeah. At my on on how I view politics, like I say, no matter what party you're in, no matter what stances you're in you're gonna have good ideas you're gonna have good ideas you're gonna have good ideas but you know who barks the loudest the people with dog water ideas exactly and that's the thing the it's not only the it's not only that they bark the loudest it's that they have ended up in positions of power in each party to where it you know the national leadership in both parties is pretty much the same when it comes to like meaningful change for working people and let's not even start to talk about like well, we're starting to talk about it, but let's not even get in, really get into the whole thing of like, you know, people that get into positions of power that are great. Right. Ideals, great. Right. Structurally sound. Right. Empathetic, sympathetic, understanding, no term limit. Now they're corrupt. Now they're corrupt. Still not putting a term limit on this? Right. On this stuff? Come on. Well, that's, that's one of the things that, so... The reason that uh, I'm looking for, I, I tell people that I'm looking for an alternative. Like mm-hmm. if, if I can find a viable alternative, because uh, unfortunately the way that the power system is set up is that if you do vote third party, you pretty much are held underwater. Exactly. That's, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Because like the, the, the way that the power system is set up, it benefits the two party system. And so unfortunately yeah. like voting third party really does kind of, throw away the impact of the vote it doesn't yeah. throw away the meaning of the vote every that, yeah that's that's kind of like uh where i go i i've always vote i've always voted third party i've never voted two party right i've never voted for either of the main two parties right. no matter what like even if like now this is a little little pinch okay little, little chip on my shoulder okay basically okay even if there is a like democratic or republican candidate Mm-hmm. That I more or less re- agree with, and I'd be like, "Well, it's a lesser of two evils." I'm not. I'm not picking that. Right. 
because I don't think that's what we would deserve. No, we deserve to we deserve to talk about and debate like which candidate is better instead yeah. of like which one is which one is worse. Yeah. Like where where did we go wrong that we're just like we're like multiple times, no yeah. matter like history teachers, history professors that I've had have just been like, you know, when it comes down to it, you just gotta pick between the lesser of two evers evils. Yeah. Evers. Evers. Evil evils. You gotta pick between the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Why? Like why? Right. So I'm gonna like and like they're like, well, you can't vote third parties throwing your vote away. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm throwing my vote to a cause. Yeah. No matter what third party I vote for in that instance, it's showing that like someone is unhappy right. with the two party system. Well, that is exactly that's that's the perfect that is a much better articulation of what I was trying to express when when I said why um, I'm tethered to the two party system right now, why I haven't switched yet. Yeah. Because like the the meaning of the vote is definitely there. Like you said, it shows that a lot of people want to change. And the last Gallup poll, this was like in October. No, it was in last year. 62% of people in the country are like in favor of like a viable third party, like yeah. a major third party, including at the time this poll was taken, 63% of Republican voters, which is like the highest that that's ever been. Yeah. And so if, you, if, if there's that much broad agreement that we need a third option that expresses like more closely what a lot of people are feeling right now, let's not even mention like independents. Yeah. Independents outnumber both Democrats and Republicans. Exactly. And so like the fact that so many people want to choose between uh, other than choose from something other than the two options that we always get, I think is one reason, one of the biggest reasons why I'm looking closely at, you know, things like the people's party, things like the forward party, because like you need to have an apparatus by which people who are dissatisfied can not just sit around and be like, well, we just got to stick with system. We got, we, we got to change it. Yeah. And that's what, that's the basis of America. Exactly. Like, that's like what we were founded on changing, changing what we didn't like about the old system and creating a new system. system. Yeah. Yeah. And that new system worked, worked. Exactly. Until it didn't. Until it didn't. Like and that's, now we, that's the that's like the pattern. Like I've said this. Yeah. Before that's the pattern of America. Yeah. We we figure out something. We progress. Mm-hmm. We regress. Civil War. Yeah. That was finished. We progress. We regress. Civil rights movements. Yeah. We progress. We regress. Recent years, COVID, all this stuff. Yeah, we're getting ready to progress. We have to progress. We have to, or else we'll, or else we'll, um, we'll crumble. We'll crumble. Right. Like it's got to happen. It's got to happen in in some way. And I mean, like I said, a person with the kind of influence and following that Andrew Yang has, I think that this is a, a good. I think this has the makings of like a good vehicle to do that. Yeah, and I would also like do the side note of like you know. It's not that I agree a hundred percent, right? With Andrew Yang, same. There's policies that he has, like his labor union stuff. I'm not a hundred percent rock solid on. Yeah, like, but his other stuff, man. Yeah, like, I really like it. Right. And it's not that I'm trying to find the perfect party because there's no such there's thing. There's no such thing unless I make it. Unless I make it, right? <clears throat> because and then even whenever I make it, it's not going to be the perfect party for you, right? Because we have differences. We have different things that we support. Right. And stuff like that. So it's just like, you know, we have, there's so much push and pull. Right. With parties. And that, and that's the thing. Um, when you look at the uh, the policies on the platform of the forward party, it's, um, 
It's trying to get rid of that push and pull. It's trying to get rid of the push and pull and bring people from like all kinds of like ideologies and parties together to do like what we were talking about earlier, regardless of what someone's affiliation is or like what party they're registered with. When you get down to like when you go to um, Mayfield or when you go to Harlan and you talk to a Republican, a staunch Republican voter and a staunch Democratic voter, I guarantee that both of those two people, regardless of their divisions and like the differences in which party they're registered with, both of them just want to see problems get solved. Yeah. And like see things get made better for their home community. And mm -hmm. so like when you devote energy and attention to bringing people together to actually solve problems, that actually is a really powerful force because it can bridge cool down temperatures that have been inflared by like uh, the corporate media by people who are like getting political points off of sowing further division. Mm -hmm. When you have like a viable movement like this, that's trying to create a meaningful alternative. It can, it can go a long way to changing things and to helping us progress. Like you were talking about. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I am, I fully believe that whenever the forward party and the people's party mm -hmm. come to complete fruition, they are going to be completely warred against for sure by every single bias news outlet exactly because they're doing exactly what they don't want them to do cnn and fox and msnbc and yeah. like all these other and i don't know what other ones alex jones newsmax uh, newsmax what was alex jones ones again his whole in, info wars info wars breitbart bright yeah breitbart like um, uh vice vice like all of those, yeah, they're gonna be completely bashing these as liable sources because as soon as like the People's Party or the Forward Party gets into a part of power, yeah. or a position of power, they are obsolete. They are obsolete. That's exactly right. Because they, well, that's the thing that, <clears throat> that's the thing that um, they won't be obsolete though. Rooters. Root <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, My. <laughs> I'm on their email list. Yeah. I have their app. They're saved you're on, on the, my computer. You're on the Reuters email list? Yeah. I didn't know they had an email they list. They had an email list. I would know about it. They're going to start sending you. So, like, NPR has, like, their coffee club where mm -hmm. you can buy, like, coffee subscriptions and it comes in an NPR bag. Yeah. They're going to start a Reuters coffee club just for you. Dude, I'm going to start emailing them. You're like, start hey, emailing. Can we start, like, a, like, st like I'm, I'm, like, your biggest fan. Yeah. I love the way your app looks. Yeah. I love the way your news site looks. I love the way it reads. Mm -hmm. Dude, if you want me to come be a writer for you, I will. I don't know how good it would be, but, but I, would, I would I would write my heart out for yeah, you. Yeah, I would do it. I would do it. Yeah. Cuz I love their I love the way they set stuff up, man. Well, it's it they they set it up in a really like palatable way. Yeah. Like they condense a lot of like they they take Com complicated material you can't write about politics and government and stuff and it not be complicated oh yeah but there's a way that you can make it like palatable to where everybody can understand it whether they're like whether they went to college or not because everybody should be able to understand what's going what everybody let me put it a different way the people who have like that big those big microphones like the major news outlets they that's their obligation to talk about things that are going on in a way that everybody can understand and that they show all the nuance and they don't only show their side of the story and they talk about, okay, uh, this bill just passed Congress today. Um, here's what it's about. Here's what it's about. And here's how it could affect you. So 
no yeah. matter what political stances you are in. Yeah. This this will be the same whether there is a where whether there is a parenthetical D or R beside of your name. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And like that's another that's another conversation that's an that's another episode you and I could have about like just bashing the news media. Dude, I would love that episode so much. It'd be great. It'd be on repeat for me. We'd get we'd get on the we'd get on Reuters and then yeah, like the, they, they, had, dude. they'd hear us talk about how much you love them, but then they'd take you up on your idea of like writing for them and starting the coffee club. Yes, dude. If I could ever, because Reuters also has a, uh, I don't think they have they have like a podcast area where they yeah, upload yeah. podcasts, but yeah. they don't have a podcast, right? I think in Reuters, yeah, you got you got your podcast boys right here. That's, that's right. You'll you'll be the you'll be the chief podcaster for Reuters. I would, I would cry. Right. I would cry tears of so much tears joy. Tears of so much joy. But, uh, like, because that's what, that's what news is. Exactly. It's supposed to be an unbiased word vomit of what's going on. Right. And what I like about Reuters is that if you don't want to know about U.S. politics, you take that out. Yeah. You can go onto their site and you customize your feed. If I only want to hear about um, world news and climate news and the funny little like blips, because they have that option where you just hear about like crazy like Florida man stories, right? You can, you can. You don't have to hear about all the junk that goes on. Exactly. You can you can just read about the things that you want to know about. You want to yeah. know about, yeah. And like, it's so. That's why they're at the top, dude. Yeah. They're at the top. They're at the top. They're they're the kings and queens of unbiased news media. Then there's NPR. Yeah, NPR is good. NPR has good podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Politico does too. Of course, Politico is like almost exclusively just like about politics, so yeah. you can't. Which is why I love it so much. Yeah, I can't have a conversation without talking about politics. I don't think. I don't think you can either. I don't think I can either. But but I I put it in With a you way anyway. We right. talk about politics all the all time. the time. But it's so it's so much fun. It really is. Yeah. Especially whenever you talk about it the way the way we talk about it, it's where yeah. everyone's just kind of like no one gets angry. No one gets angry. They're just kind of like, yeah, let's just kind of like you know that you know, makes sense. The only people that we get angry at are the people that everybody's already angry at, like the power elites in both parties and the corporate media. <laughs> Lobby. So, in the spirit of actually solving problems instead yeah. of like inflaming the world the world the whole the whole of existence i thought we could talk about some of the specific like planks in the forward party platform Mm -hmm. and like we could just riff on them and talk about how they would uh how they would help like our home communities how they would benefit uh just the country in general how uh we specifically why we like them we like them but also how we need a uh, you and I think that we need a stronger commitment to organized labor. Yeah. Before definitely. we officially commit to a materialized forward party. forward party. Yeah. I just wrote down a few that I thought that you and I would I can, like. Yeah, but I can. I'm gonna pull up the whole platform here, so I'm not leaving anything out. Well, I would actually like to start with one. Start with one. Fact-based government. Go for it. It's it's amazing that we needed a party to come out and say, say hey, that. we want this. We want our government to be fact-based. 
And everybody's like, wow, this is really revolutionary. Yeah. But like, that's so, dare I say, perfect. Yeah, for real. Like, well, it's a lot. The, the final, like, if you go to their website, yeah. the final sentence of, we need a fact-based government, like yeah. that little section, uh-huh. essay paragraph, is spin must have limits. Parties can differ on what goals they would most like to pursue, but we need to share a baseline of where we are and how we are doing. Another one of those things is just like, thank you for coming out and saying that, but why did we have Why to? did we have to have somebody come out and say that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like what, that's like what we were talking about with news media it's the same concept yeah. you just there's a baseline of facts that everybody whether they like the like them or not it's the way it is and so like applying that to government is actually a really powerful notion because because i think right now especially with the misinformation that's like peddled by the mainstream media of course on particularly on the right wing but you have it on the left wing too yeah and, like, same thing with, like, a lot of their stuff. Like, human-centered capitalism. Because, like, you know, America is a capitalist country. Yeah. And, you know... It's not been... Uh, handled correctly. Handled correctly. Especially in the past, like, few years. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, like, you know, during the whole 2000s. Definitely. I would say I, 90, I 90s bleeding into 2000s. I agree. We've been convinced that we're having a push and pull between um just full capitalism or full socialism like why but exactly because we don't have real capitalism. capitalism in the u.s and what's been advocated for by most people on the left is like um it's not full-blown socialism either it's no. like social democracy which is yeah. what most industrialized countries have anyway where you have a capitalist market-based economy that is highly regulated yeah. to make sure that they don't do anything illegal yeah. and that what they do is beneficial to the public at large by, you know, a tax rate whereby you take the revenue, the tax revenue that you get from big corporations and from wealthy individuals yeah. and you put that into social services. Yeah. Like that's what I feel like that that's what most people would like. And I think that's what human centered capitalism is. is yeah but it, it's but another one of those things it's weird that to get the point across we had to call it human human center capitalism, capitalism because we're, we're we're trying to we're like it is a good way to 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 put, put what it, i feel a, a lot of people have been trying to articulate but it's disheartening that we've been convinced that we're having like a full-blown ideological battle between two opposing sides sides that we don't truly know we like, don't truly they, they themselves don't even know who they truly are exactly i think I think that's another big thing in America, and I hate to hate to put it this way. Yeah. But I think so many people, especially in our age range, mm-hmm. do the most minimal amount of hot take research yeah. about an economic system and think they're masters. And think they're masters. They read it. a they read a they read a paragraph from Marx and think there's some communist like like they 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 should be going for the the more full context and actually draw out the implications of okay if you take that if you take this range of ideas yeah and you really apply it what does it give you yeah and a lot of people uh like you said don't do that no and it, and it hurts us too when we try to have a dialogue with one another yeah cuz like and then most of the people that do that 
they do probably the worst um, logical fallacy that you can do mm-hmm. in any debate, which is attacking the person. Yeah, and not the actual not substance the actual of the substance. argument. And that's politics right now. It is politics, right? And it's and it's, it's it's funny how you can go to any presidential debate, any debate in general, yeah. no matter who it is, like left, right, whatever. Yeah, you can go to a debate and listen, and both sides commit so many logical fallacies. It's just like straw man after straw man after straw man after straw man. It's insane. It is insane. Like once you learn and like you start to like really look into logical fallacies, which is like, you know, any philosophy class, any English class, like so many like disciplines that depend on logical fallacies, you really get into them and like figure out what they are. Yeah. And you realize like so many debates, so many, so many conversations, yeah. notice all logical fallacies. Good example Last president of the United States, yep, Donald Trump. He, he never really went with problems. No. He always attacked the person. He always attacked the person. And like the debates between him and Hillary in that one, they both attacked the person. Mm-hmm. And they're, that's why their debates were so hard for me to watch. Yeah, because it's just like I don't care. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Care. Exactly. Exactly. Like who you are as a person matters. Yeah, but if who you are as a person doesn't affect your policies then it doesn't matter as much to me like if you're going to actually do your policies okay we can get to your 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 flaws later because everyone's got flaws but we can get to your flaws later right but if you're actually going to like seek out and pursue your policy that's going to benefit america and not just north america or the u.s everywhere going to benefit the world and do that. It doesn't matter who what you've done, right? What you what you what you're doing in that moment, right? Like, let's just take let's just say it. Kennedy, super sex addict, dude. Yep. Did he do good stuff for the nation? Yeah. Yeah. It matters, but the president of the United States isn't brought in as the president of the United States to be an influencer. They're brought in to be the president of the United States. To be the president of the United States. Right. Make policies that are going to benefit the people. Yeah. And I feel like that's just been lost. It has. And it and it, I think it has a lot to do with how, uh, like what we've been talking about with uh, the media, They their business model is based on ratings and they get ratings by, in large part, appealing to their own ideological camps. And they appeal to their own ideological camps by um, just making it about attacking the other side instead of showing the full complexity of an issue and the different sides of like the different credible sides of an argument. Yeah. And I I think that's like, so And when you, and when you apply that to a presidential race, it makes it so much worse because like you had, instead of talking about the policies themselves, especially, I think this was even more so in 2016 than 2020. Yeah. um, You, you didn't really get substance about like what the policy meant for people, you had news stories about the latest scandal that was um, yeah. coming up for the other side, like Fox News. All they did was talking about uh, Hillary Clinton scandals, and then CNN. All they did was talk about Trump scandals. The people who found themselves like in the camp of either Clinton or Trump, whichever of those two they watched, they were either um, like saying, "Oh, uh, my candidate, those 
um, claims are being blown out of proportion. You aren't looking at the other person enough and it kind of like emphasize that whole tribal division that we've got right now in, yeah. in, in our politics. It's, it's just, it's a sad outlook. It is sad. It's like, and that's also reflected in like people that are saying they're going to run for president. Definitely. Kanye. Definitely. Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Yeah. They aren't qualified. The only way they're qualified is that they're a social influencer. Right. Like, it's like, I mean, Donald Trump, to a degree, he's a businessman. Yeah. He had no, no political, political experience. To go yeah. from not having public office, to go from being on The Apprentice and doing commercials for Pizza Hut, based on your name recognition, to, to be- President of the United States... I don't think that's that's not that's not good. Skipped a few steps. That's bad. Like, yeah, it's just I don't understand. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. You know what isn't frustrating? What's not frustrating? The forward party's universal bias, basic income. Uh, I was gonna say, what's universal bias? But yeah, UBI. Yeah, UBI. So you're you support UBI, right? I do. I thought you did. I do too. I've only just now come around to UBI. I read a book. Over the break, because I haven't read either of Andrew Yang's books, especially the first one where he, because that was his, that was his main issue. That's how he dif- differentiated himself yeah. from other candidates in the primary. And I think that he's single-handedly responsible for pushing it into the mainstream oh, yeah. of like our, because a lot of other countries, well, I, I don't know about that, but a lot of studies have been done about it. And I read a book, uh, Utopia for Realists, by uh, Rutger Bregman, I think is his name. He's a journalist and a historian from, I think he's from Holland. Um, but that, Ooh, good old Holland. Good old Holland. And this, that's like one of the main issues that he touches on in that book is that when you give money directly to people, they know a lot better than you know a federal government body about how to solve their own problems. Why do you specifically support ubi i specifically support ubi based on like you know with ubi yeah it just improves economy and health Mm. you know if you if you put ubi into practice and you put money if you give people the money that they need yeah to basically live then they live and they live because like Statistically, I'm pretty sure, which I hate saying that, but statistically, death rates are going up. Mm-hmm. Death rates are going up. Life expectancy is going down. Mental health condition. Down. Way down. Way, way down. Um, it's... And when... You, you, yeah, it's like you don't... If you don't give people the tools necessary... Yes. It's like saying, hey, go dig that hole. But then not giving them a shovel. shovel. And, or a pickaxe. Or, or giving them a job by which they can make enough money... Or giving them the resources needed to produce said shovel or pickaxe, mm-hmm. which is the the the, the reality. Kind of system, yeah, yeah, that's the reality that so many people are facing right now. When you've got uh, a federal minimum wage that you cannot live on anywhere in the country, and you've got like like um, we said earlier, I think between forty to sixty, I'd probably say sixty five percent of Americans can't afford a four hundred dollar surprise expense that they have to pay. Yeah. Then when you address that by start actually giving people money to actually meet their own needs and fulfill their own version of what they'd like to do in life, you give them that money, they can use it for school, they can use it to start a business, they can use it um, to do all sorts of things. 
people are a lot better at solving their own problems than we give them credit for. Yeah. Because look at, I think that's always so funny. Yeah. And then people are like, like, especially governments, they're like, you know, who's really good at solving problems? Us. Us. We've solved. You know, so who's really bad at solving problems? You. You. We've solved so many, so many problems, problems before. We definitely haven't made more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how many problems you've solved? Look at you, like, you know, finding out how to go to college. Yeah. And, and finding out what job you want to go into. Finding out how to make ends meet whenever you're, um, whenever your uh, significant other has an unexpected hospital expense. Yeah. You're really bad at solving You're really problems. bad at solving problems. Look at us. We influenced drugs into inner cities. Yeah. And then... Uh, stayed in Afghanistan for too long. Yeah. Whoa. And look at us. And just to show how bad you are at solving problems, we created those problems, problems. that you couldn't solve. solve. Well, I mean, God. That, that, that's that's a pretty realistic. Um, I mean, that's basically how, how it goes down. I think. Yeah. And yeah, but, but with UBI, like that gets rid of that. That gets rid of that. And you know. And I think like I think the main problem that people have with UBI is yeah. you are giving people money yeah but but you're giving it to everybody everybody and though the forward party itself doesn't have like a specific amount listed mm -hmm. when yang ran for president his was like a thousand dollars a month yeah. which i would say would be about the same maybe not maybe if not maybe even a little more now that like uh, like prices are going up and yeah. things are a lot harder now because of covid it would probably, when they come out with a hard number for their UBI, probably be a bit more. But um, like, I think a good UBI, whenever things settle, like mm -hmm. post COVID, mm -hmm. whenever that happens, yeah, things settle down. I would say a good fifteen hundred. I, I think that's I think fifteen hundred. That's I think that's a good approximation. And that's and that's that's food. That's taxes. Yeah. That's your bills. Child care. That's your child school care. supplies. Like. That's it was insane to me. I was I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "I would I had a panic attack yesterday," mm -hmm. and I was like, "Why?" And they were like, "Well, kids are dropping left and right at my son's school, elementary school, and I work while he's in school. If he gets COVID and has to stay at home." I have to figure out how to do childcare and work because I can't afford afford to pay somebody to watch my kid. Right. Think about that. Yeah. I can't afford to pay someone to watch my kid while I go off and try to make and try money to make a living to, to take care my kid. to support my kid. Yeah. And that I think certainly UBI would be a big help for that. But I think and I don't know if this is on their platform or not, but I think that right there um is indicative of what so many people are going through that we should invest in uh, universal, like in, 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 in paid family leave to where if your child were to get COVID yeah. and you had to stay home and take care of them, that you would be, uh, that you wouldn't have to worry about making ends meet because you'd have a system where you could, you know, you wouldn't and miss speak, a paycheck because of a, a medical emergency like yeah, that. And speaking of paid family leave, paternity leave, paternity leave. Exactly. That's such an impactful time. And to say, oh, no. No, you can't have you, that. You can't have that. You want to imprint on your child? You want to be an actual father? Or, no. Or mother. Or mother. Yeah. We don't have maternity. We don't have paid family leave in general, I don't think. Like a federally yeah, guaranteed no, system of it for either, yeah, right. either parents. 
Yeah. It's, you actually want to be You want to be parent? there for your child? You want to be a parent after becoming a parent? No, you have to work. You have to work. Yeah, we can't we can't afford to shrink and our... What I, and what I hate more is yeah. like, um, I'm happy that uh, especially mothers can get that time. That's important. Yeah. That's really important because you know they can't survive. No, without no. their mother. Right. But to say a father can't get that time. Yeah. Especially whenever, like, what about whenever, what about, what if the mother had to get a C-section? Right. That takes such a toll on her body. Yeah. That's such an extensive surgery to where, like, if you move wrong, your stomach rips open. Right. And you die. Right. And you say you have to take care of a newborn during that time. And if you want money, the only other person that can really help you out in that moment has to be away for eight hours a day. What? Right. I mean, it's it's crazy when you when you think about it. There's and so many things that are crazy. There's so many things that are and it. and there's so many different scenarios in which if you gave people an extra thousand fifteen hundred dollars a month, it could mean the world for them. Yeah. Because like um. Even people who are apprehensive about giving away money, no questions asked like that, study after study has been done that shows that, you know, by and large, people are going to use it responsibly. Yeah. Uh, in that in that book, I do oh. remember this. There was a study done in which they took 13 uh, unhoused people living in London in the UK, uh, and they gave them, uh, I can't remember how much it was, but they gave them a type of universal income like a universal payment like every each one of them got it no questions asked and by the time that this study had completed 11 of them had gotten clean from uh, alcohol or drug addiction uh, started a business started going back to school um, uh, got an apartment or uh, a housing condition of some kind with that money 11 out of the 13 of them that was yeah. the, that was the one study that really stood um, stood out to me. But I mean, that goes to show, and I'm sure that there are other similar um, studies like that that yeah. show that I mean, people really can use that effectively, and they can use it to solve their problems in a much more efficient way than another system of relief would do for them. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you're not going to use it responsibly, okay. Yeah, that's on that's on you. That's on you. Yeah. Don't complain. Right. If you're going to use it responsibly, use it responsibly. Invest. Right. Like, it's insane. Like, the like the the literal, like, statistics behind if you do a retirement fund. Yeah. Like, you begin your job at, like, what? Let's say 23. Yeah. And you start putting, like, let's say 50 bucks a month into a retirement fund. By the time you retire, you're at, like, $2.3 million. Right. To spend... On whatever you want. Right. To do whatever you want with. Right. Like, it's so obtainable. And and having a system like this that actually uh, get, promotes that. Promotes that um, because, like, if you get $1,500, let's say, let's say you get the $1,500 and you use it to pay whatever expenses you have to pay to, to keep up, you know, the family. And then you have 50 bucks left and then you put it in, then you put it in the savings account, like you, like you were saying. That makes that goal so much more attainable for like everybody, anybody, everybody that gets it. Yeah. Right. And then that's on top of what you already, what make. you already make, because this would be like unconditional that you could make this on top of 
your job. And that's one thing that I feel that we, that a lot of people don't realize is that when they worry about people getting lazy and not, you know, you know that's the whole knee jerk argument. Everybody's going to be lazy and not going to work. Well, people who are really committed to taking care of their family, they're not going to be able you're, I mean, you're not going to be able to do it on $1,500 on $1, a month. $1,500 a month is strictly to live. Exactly. And that's and like, that's, that's going to get you by. That's going to get you by. But most people there would be willing. Most people are willing to work on top of what they would already be getting with a UBI to get above the subsistence level. This would just help them make sure that they don't fall below oh, that. Yeah. And I don't think, and there's nothing about that. I don't think, and I know you don't think it's yeah. controversial about that. No. Yeah. Who in their right mind wants people dying on the street? Nobody in their right mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? Who wants someone freezing to death on the street because they couldn't make ends meet? And it's not that these people are bad people. There's people that are like on the like homeless right now. Yeah. That are good people. Yeah. That never messed up. Never messed up. Lost, you know by some unfortunate set of circumstances that lost their business, lost their business, lost their home, lost their job. Look at them now. Yeah. There's no help. Well, that exactly. You're right. And I think, I think that's one of the things that, um, that this is the biggest thing that attracts me to the forward party, I think, because it's so obtainable. I would say this is, this is one big thing, but there's another big thing that I really like about them. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about here in a second. Okay. This kind of idea makes economic security so much more, so like more directly obtainable for everybody. And so that is something that we, we can, we can, it's so readily obtainable because not only would everybody get it, but you would be able to fund it in an adequate way with um, a tax on the, the way that he wanted to do to fund it during his presidential campaign was a value added tax, unlike. Mm -hmm production of goods and services other than like groceries and clothing. Yeah. So like every sale that Amazon makes, every time someone searches on Google, you tax that at a value value added tax. Yeah. Also, do you remember a G to pie? A G to pie? Or like uh, Oh, the the FCC guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he killed the guy <laughs> who killed net neutrality? Yeah. 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 I hated that guy. <laughs> did you sign did you sign the um petition for like um in my high school, when he was, when like they were saying, yeah, they're going to kill net neutrality. Everybody in my class started texting this number to sign a petition to get him to stop. Did you ever do something like that? Uh, I can't remember if I did or not. Did We'd, you? Yeah. And I, I keep getting texts about it. <laughs> so, yeah, like I've only ever signed like a few petitions. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure like a few of those were just like jokes. Like what? Like, uh, Getting Tobey Maguire in the new Spider-Man movie, petitioning for that. I remember it was the it was the one that was like to get the Joker to save society in the newest Joker movie. I signed that petition just to say the word society. society. Did he? I think he he, he must, did. He did. Yeah. Because you remember he's like he's on the Murray show. Uh, he's like with well, a society that treats him like trash. Yeah. And he shoots him. That's a you, good message. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix shooting Robert De Niro in the yeah, face. Yeah. Such a good message. That, that movie bred neoliberalism. That, that movie was intense. That movie was like, that movie was the strongest condemnation of neoliberalism since Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. yeah. Like that movie, 
probably radicalized so many people. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, no, dude. There was a legit like there, there was, was a radicalization was, in the end of the movie. Yeah, and like in France, a few months after that, they were having protests about like uh, low wages for like firefighters, and like people were showing up to these protests wearing Joker makeup. Yeah, dude. Oh, talk about the influence of cinema. Cinema's always been influential. Yeah. When I watched uh, Batman and Daredevil as a kid, it turned my my career plan was to be a vigilante. <laughs> hey, Dad, can you buy me a police baton and, like, a cool latex suit? Why do you need that? I'm going to be a vigilante. No one's going to know it's me. That's why I'm going to wear the mask. Dude, I tried to build the grappling gun and everything. Really? Yeah. Wow. I tried to build it out of an old fishing rod. Okay. At least you're inventive. Yeah. And I tried to like teach myself how to like do parkour. Uh, yeah. Good times. Good times. So there's uh, a... one other thing about the forward party that I really like. Yeah. And that's their grace and tolerance. Oh, word. Policies. Yeah. Because. That's that's another big thing for me, because why is that a big thing for you? Big thing for me because I have that has always been something that I've stressed mm-hmm. that no matter who you are, no matter what you support, I'm going to show you grace and I'm going to show you tolerance. Yeah, for sure. Because like I'm independent, my parents are one of the big two. Mm-hmm. My brother is one of the big two. Mm-hmm. No, my brother's independent. My bad. My sister's one of the big two. Yeah. My like. Other parts of my family is independents, Republicans, Democrats, other third parties. Like I'm, it's like, you know, so many different things in family. And I'm not going to let that tear bonds apart because like, I think, I think this is something that Andrew Yang said. He said, um, I'm always going to show someone tolerance while hearing their policies. Right. Because even if I don't agree they're still my friend. Right. They're still my family. And I'm not like, I'm not going to let my opinions destroy something beautiful. Right. Like, I'm not going to be like, this is what I believe in. And if you don't believe in this, we can't be friends. We can't be friends. We, I just, I'm writing you out of my will. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're like my, wait, one of my, like one of my best friends. Yeah. Like Ryan, me and him disagree on about it about a lot of things. Disagree on a few things. Yeah. Still one of my best friends. Totally. I'm not gonna like I don't fully agree with everything that he's that he talks about. Yeah. I don't fully agree with everything that we talk about. Right. Or right, you don't fully agree with everything that I talk about. That doesn't mean we're not best friends. We're not, yeah, it doesn't mean we're not best friends. Yeah. Like I call you my brother for a reason. Right. It's so disheartening. It is really disheartening that people can end something so structurally sound over something as minute as disagreements on tax policy. Exactly. <laughs> like, why? It's I, I. Why would you like like? I can't think of a logical reason as to why you would want to do it. Like, why would you end a ten-year friendship mm-hmm. over something like tax policies 
or what party they affiliate with. Right. And, and that's what I think is dangerous about modern day North America. Oh, it's super dangerous. Is that everyone, one, a lot of people love hot take politics. Yeah. I don't know if that's a literal thing. That's just how I define it. People love hot take politics. For sure. Where it's just like, you know, read that on Instagram. Gotta be true. Yeah, gotta be true. There's fact checkers on Instagram now. They, they were on I, see that the, I see the little banner at the bottom of the post. It's gotta be true. Gotta be true. Or I read this on Vice. It's got to be true. Got to be true. I use Vice for a reason. <laughs> I read this on like, I saw this on Fox. Got to be true. Do research. Do research. Do go research. to go to unbiased sources. Like, like Reuters. Reuters, NPR. Like, do your research. Don't don't hot take it. It's it's okay to not understand the compl- the total complexity of something like, you know, government and politics and the economy. You know, we're not. Yeah. All economists or political yeah. scientists. And but like something a little bit more touchy. Like we don't understand completely like voting rights. We we won't, because we're not the people that make those decisions. Right. Do I think everyone should be allowed to vote? Yes. Is that logically possible? I don't know. Right. But if people disagree on that policy because of a hot take why would you let that control everything about control your, life? your interactions with everybody be the sole determinant of like whether you're nice to this person or not yeah right i hate that yeah i hate that so much you know like people just give the cold shoulder to those who they know they disagree yeah. with yeah I mean, you had this happen to you, didn't you? I've had, I've had this happen to me. I mean, we both had this happen We've, to you. We like, both you, had this happen to us. You told me about, like, stuff that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's the thing. Like, I live and work with and have people in my family and people that I love who I'm in a community with who we disagree about a lot of stuff, but we don't let that get in the way of, like, respecting each other and respecting each other's rights to have those ideas and beliefs. And exactly. we respectfully talk about them and learn more about each other and, and stuff like that. That that's the whole point of having a democracy is that you are allowed in which you have the right to have any kind of belief that you want, like we do here. Um, you, you're allowed to to disagree, and you're encouraged to do so in an agreeable manner. Exactly. And we've lost that. It's it it's an art that has been lost. Right. And that that actually feeds really well into um, the the other part of the platform I was going to bring up is a nonpartisan primary system. Yeah. Because get this. So out of I think this is like for Congress in general. It may even be I don't know. I I think I think this is like specifically for the for the Congress, both the House and the Senate. Eighty three percent of those races are decided based on who wins the primary because the maps are so, especially in the house are so gerrymandered to the point where there are safe districts that there's no foreseeable way in which a person of this party could lose. And I've said it before on here, it's bad either way it goes gerrymandering because you deprive people of the chance to have like a meaningful choice and like their representative. So about 83% of those races are decided based on who wins the primary. Now, for the primary elections in the House of Representatives in 2018, this was the most recent data I could find. Mm-hmm. What would you guess was the voter turnout for the primary elections for the House 
in 2018. Like, out of... America? Yes. Oh no. Percentage wise of voters. Percentage wise? For both for, for every for everybody, not just Democrats or Republicans, but like voter turnout for the primary elections in the House midterms twenty eighteen. What do you think? Forty percent. Lower. Lower? Lower. Twenty five? <laughs> lower. Low. Low, low, lower? Low. Is it a single digit? It's not a single digit. Okay. Okay. That that you would... actually weren't too far off from twenty five percent, but I was. I just wanted to do the low, low. You guys can't see it, but I'm covering my mouth like Tom Segura did on a bit that Drew and I watched together the other day. Is it like eighteen? Nineteen. Nineteen. Nineteen percent of the voters in twenty eighteen decided eighty three percent of the outcomes because. And that's not to say that those ni- that that nineteen percent shouldn't have been allowed to vote. They totally should have. They were the ones who went out and voted in the first place. Yeah. Because yeah. because turnout for midterms for general elections in the midterms is usually really low, low, and that was actually a record high for primary elections in the no midterm way. year. Yes, it was. No way. Yeah. And it's not. And again, it's not to say that that nineteen percent shouldn't have been allowed to vote. Of course, they should have. But you want more, more. than nineteen percent of the people to turn out when you know that 83% of the outcomes are determined by who votes in the primary. I think it was telling that I was unhappy with 40%. Exactly. And that's what you need to do with, um, and that's another example of how the system needs to be changed for it to work better. Yeah. Definitely. Um, because the way that the forward party puts, um, puts this idea forward is that you have nonpartisan primaries in which everybody can run and, you have a multiplicity of candidates because there's no party division mm-hmm. and it's referred to as a jungle primary. They already have it in a couple of states, but you also have ranked choice voting in which your first choice is this person. And then rank the rest. And then rank the rest. Your second choice out of everybody running is this person. And They're, you know what that would promote? People that actually research. That actually candidates. research their candidates and know enough to rank their choices. There's been so many times that I've talked to people, especially like, like I've been, I've done this before. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I think it was the 2016 libertarian candidate. Gary Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Like talking about that, his education policies mm-hmm. aren't that great. Right. And education is a big, big thing for me. For, of course. For Gary and I was like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't really look into I didn't that. Really that look much. into that. Like I've done it. So many I've done do it, it. I've done it too. And it's just like you know, you gotta look it. You, you gotta, gotta look, look into it, it. You have to. You don't have to read every position paper that they put out about you know a tax value on shoestrings. That's <laughs> but, pretty intriguing but, to me, but buddy. You should, but you, <laughs> I mean, if that's your thing, but but for you, a couple of guys that aren't wearing aren't wearing shoes with shoestrings right now, right? <laughs> but you you have to at least know about like what they're about. Um. And when you have uh, with ranked choice voting, that's another thing that was like tied to the nonpartisan primaries. When if you if nobody in that round gets more than 50 percent, the person with the lowest amount of votes is canceled out of the race. But everybody who voted for that candidate as their first choice, well, then they go back and look at, okay, who was their second choice? Because maybe that person is still in the race. Mm -hmm. So that's a way that we can make sure that people can vote in a way that they they can vote for the candidate whom they want to vote for outside the duopoly of the two parties, 
but that their vote is still impactful in a way that it ought to be impactful and is honored in a way that it ought to be honored. I mean, this episode has made me want to stop referring to it as throwing away your vote because I, I realize how harmful that terminology is. Now. Yeah. 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 Cause it isn't throwing it away. It's just that that vote isn't honored the way that it ought to be. I remember be. the first time someone told me that. Yeah. Cause I said, you know, I think I'm going to vote third party. And yeah. someone was like, hey, that's throwing away your vote, man. And I don't know why, but some fire was ignited within me that day. He said, what? Yeah. I yeah. was like, no, actually, I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is. No. I think it's utilizing a system that's in place that nobody talks about. No. It's like realizing that there's a law mm. that nobody talks about and you look at that law and you say well if i abide by that then i know that i'm doing something right right yeah. bad example but like it's it's there it's there and it, and it ought to be respected and your, your your vote ought to be one that you can be certain is going to have an impact yeah because that's the whole point of like that that's one of the whole points of having a democracy is to make sure that everybody can have an impact on the system. Yeah. 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 So before we we move on to to what you wanted to talk about. Okay. I realized that we didn't explain all we said was we're not yet convinced about signing up for the forward party because labor unions, but we never said why. I don't oh, think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we never said why. The, the reason why is that as of yet, there's no concrete. There's no concrete commitment to strengthening labor unions. Yeah. Now that being said, Andrew Yang, as a presidential candidate, as a Democratic presidential candidate, did have a really did have a pretty a pretty strong commitment to organized labor. Yeah. Which is the that is I would say that's my if I were to be a single issue voter, it would be organized labor. If you support that, then I'll hear what you have to say. Exactly. So I. For me, I need to see a stronger commitment to that before I say, okay, as soon as they get registered with the FEC, I'm switching. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you speak on that for yourself? Yeah. Um, kind of contrast. Labor unions are, are still very important to me, but they're not my one issue thing. Right. So that's why it's not as much of a draw. Right. But yeah, labor unions. Yeah, you're already on the newsletter. I'm on the newsletter. You're, you're a part of it. I'm part of this. I'm in. I'm Andrew Yang's. You're Andrew Yang's vice presidential pick for 2024. Dude, I wish. That'd be that'd be dope as heck. That would. That'd be awesome. A 20 year old <laughs> vice president. That's a good one, right? That's there. a good one. Yeah. But yeah, labor unions, godsend. Oh yeah, for sure. Great things, and especially for towns like ours that relied on manufacturing and coal mining. Exactly. Um especially with Paducah, which is the city that I live like closest to. Yeah. Which is like Mayfield. And then like, like my house is like the, are you in between? I'm in between two counties. That's what I thought. So I'm in between Graves and McCracken County. Yeah. And also Marshall County. Yeah. I'm on three counties. Like where Paducah, Mayfield, Benton, these three cities are, it's like three counties intersecting. It's like the edge of three counties. These three cities are on. Gotcha. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. Set up. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there's also like Grand Rivers. We're all, we, we're land between the lakes. Yeah. So we have the Ohio and then the Mississippi, I think. I don't know. Another big river. Another big river. 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a geographer. I don't know this stuff that well. Um, I should since I live there. That's okay. But uh, you know your way around it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. But uh, I know one of them is the Ohio. Yeah. But uh, barge work all the way coming through Paducah all the time and Mayfield, or not Mayfield, but Paducah all the time. Paducah was also a nuclear city. Um, we have a nuclear plant there. Oh, yeah. That's disassembled, right. That disassembled the. Um, detonation units yeah. for bad boys, big bombs. Wow. So yeah, during the like 50s, 60s, 70s. But yeah, that's a, it's you know that's a big thing. Like, and labor unions helped with a lot of that manufacturing barges. Right. Giant things for labor unions. Certainly. Barges are insane. Yeah. There's so many people that I know that are barge workers, and those guys. Dude, if you talk about labor unions around them, they light up sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you, it's it's a good thing. And like you said, Andrew Yang, as a Democratic presidential candidate, mm-hmm. did support unionize unionization and labor unions. Right. Um, forward party haven't seen much. Right. And the only thing that we have seen is. But a lot of people are taking what I, in my opinion, too far. Okay. Because there is a lot of, in my opinion, bias news articles that say that Andrew Yang is against labor unions because of one thing, and that was because of the teacher unions. He's against privatization. Yeah. Of um, teacher unions. Yeah. Of schools. And with that, like, I don't have a full opinion on it yet. Mm. His opinion, I guarantee a lot of his wealth came from schools mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I have no doubt in my mind that has that has a certain amount of impact on it. Yeah. Andrew Yang, even though he has a lot of good policies and a lot of like, you know, grace and tolerance, he's not separated out from having bias. Yeah. Nobody is. Jesus was. But that's Jesus. That's, he's the lone exception. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like nobody's going to be Jesus. Right. In the fact that they aren't completely unbiased. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like the, the extent of your disagreements with forward party thinking when it comes to the forward party's platform. I mean, when it comes to, to labor. Yeah. And, of course, and, we don't have a full opinion yet. Right. Like, I'm not going to go out here and say, like, this is the one thing. Because, because we I, haven't got a statement yet. No, we haven't got a statement yet. And g- given, like, there are other um, positions on um, economics, like making it more egalitarian. I'm sure that I'm sure that they are. They just haven't Said explicitly it stated it yet. And, and that'll of course, probably, it could be hidden in the fine print of, like, uh, human... Human-centered capitalism. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a broad... That covers, Very broad. that covers a lot of issues. That could cover labor unions and minimum wage benefits. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, you can't have housing, housing, certainly uh, Medicare, Medicare. You can't have human centered capitalism without having a labor union. No, you can't. No. And yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that they just included it under. Well, I don't I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know for certain. I haven't talked to them. Not call them up. No. Hey, forward party. Hey, forward party. Let's call, can I call the forward party helpline? <laughs> but no, I, well, I'm I, on their email list. I'm like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, shoot them an shoot email. Shoot them an email for me, Drew. Um, but no, I 
I wouldn't be surprised if they just meant for a commitment to organized labor to be included under human centered capitalism. But yeah, I personally, I'm just going to wait. First of all, wait to see how um, it becomes a fruition. Yeah. When it becomes a registered party and then we'll go from there and then, but I got to see a little bit more concrete commitment to organized labor before I'll yeah. sign them because yeah. I mean, this stuff could also just be in his books. Yeah. Which neither of us have read. I ordered the first one, and it should be here next week. I'm going to try to finish the one that I'm reading now before then so I can start it. Um, and then you can borrow it when I'm done. Fair enough. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Cool. So th- is that all the all the forward party talk for now? I think it is. All right. So. So. Now that we've talked extensively about the forward party. Who, who are you introducing me to today? John Dryden, a 17th century English poet who is absolutely insane. How, how, how is he insane? He is just... So, this is during the Restoration. Yeah. Charles II reintroduced to the, to the, the monarchy. crown and the after, monarchy after yeah. his dad was beheaded. Beheaded and then replaced by a guy who outlawed Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Catholics, right? I think that was later on. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think so. I know, I know Cromwell outlawed. That was after Charles II. Oh, okay. My bad. Gotcha. Anyway, outlawed Christmas. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that guy's name right now though. Uh, Cromwell, Oliver Cromwell. That's right. Yeah. But restoration poet. Yeah. And playwright. Many awards, uh, was like crowned like the, the main writer of his age. Very witty. Yeah. Also, kind of pioneered satire. Didn't he just kind of brought more to the to the game. Yeah. It was already around, but he kind of like wrote a lot of satire. Okay, so he popularized it. Yeah, yeah. And another poet during this time was a guy by the name of Shadwell. Shadwell and Dryden mm-hmm. were in like a three year debate or something like that. Are just like we're always fighting. What were they debating about? Just like poetry. Oh, okay. They were just like, they hated each other. Yeah. Um, Shadwell was very well known for his like lowbrow lewd works. Yeah. Type stuff. Yeah. And Drywell, Dryden, not Drywell, Dryden was a very like witty, deep thinker, um, very, uh, think Plato. Gotcha. Stuff. Okay. Because he loved Plato type type B, you know. Dryden writes a satire poem named Mark Fleckno. Okay. Fleckno was an Irish poet that John Dryden associated with bad poetry. And he makes Fleckno Shadwell's dad. <laughs> okay. And not only does he make him a dad, he makes him the king of the kingdom of stupidity. And he realizes that he's about to die. Fleckno does. Okay. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to die. I'm about to die, guys. I need to I need to pass my crown off to someone who is just like me. One of my sons that is just like me. He needs to be. He needs to be so stupid. I know Shadwell. Shadwell. <laughs> and during that time, to protect people's names, 
they would like if I was like if like if you were writing like a, a like a satire piece of poetry about me to protect my identity or whatever, it wouldn't really. But you would do D and then a dash for the rest of my name. Yeah. So he did an SH and then a dash for Shadwell. Right. So you can read this poem in two ways. You can replace that with Shadwell and it makes sense. Or you can just make the sound shh and it makes it funnier that it way. D- it sounds like it would make it funnier. Because about after the introduction, um, he m- mentions um, Pissing Alley, which is an alley that was in uh, England. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It was like ran into the into the river, and it was known for being a place where people pissed. Ah. And also took. Sh- <laughs> so it what ran, does he do? It ran right into the river. And so what does he do? What does he do? <laughs> he m- mentions that, and then right after that, he uses Shadwell's name. Yeah. But like I said, it's SH with a dash. So the whole point, <laughs> he associates this guy's name with sh- So anytime you're reading it, there's literally, literally a part where he's like, good poets like Johnson and these other poets have to wade through shadwell to escape but what he actually means is they have to wade through to get where they want to go oh my god that's really funny it's so good and he he tears into him in one part he's just like you would think a man of such large stature would be smart but for shadwell it's the opposite He's basically calling him fat and stupid. Oh my god. It's so elaborate. It's how, so elaborate. How long is this poem? It's like I think it's like a, it's like almost like 200 lines Jeez. of him just absolutely hating Taking on this, this guy. Taking this guy to town. Yeah, just destroying him. Oh my god. Over a 3-year debate. Yeah, he like tells him that like his crown that he's crowned with is made of poppy seeds. <laughs> so it just makes him sleepy. He, he like all of his advisors are the characters from his bad plays. It's so good. Oh my god. John Dryden, such a such a legend. Such a legend. Which which lit survey class is this? Survey two. Survey two, okay. Yeah. I'll I'll keep that one on the list of possible courses to take. It is. It is so funny, man. It's just like some of the stuff he writes about. He's he's like talks about his kingdom. Yeah. And he's like Augustine erected this tower, but whenever Fleckno and Shadwell came in, they tore it down and replaced it with brothels where young actors are made or learn how to cry <laughs> and kings and queens are made. He talks oh about his God. coronation and that he rides in on a boat, but, but there's so much in the water that he has to wait. The boat's just splitting through all of the sh- it's, it's like, a river. It's letting out all the fumes. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. It's like the ultimate diss track. This is the ultimate diss track. And it's so beautifully it, written. It should be put into, it should be, it should be put to audio and some. It should. Yeah. It's so beautifully written, too. Really? Yeah. 
man, I bet that I bet writing about subject material like that while using elegant and beautiful language, I think that'd be pretty challenging when you're it trying was to write. So challenging. Like <laughs> if you read it and you don't understand it at all, yeah. it just sounds like this this king dying and then passing on his crown to his son. Like the last line of the play is Fleckno the king. Yeah. Going on a speech for too long. Yeah. And then he stops and the ground opens up and he falls through it. Beautifully written. Like it's like this void opens and he falls through it. And a northern wind comes up and takes the cloak off of his shoulders. And the cloak lands on Shadwell's shoulders. And he is now the prince of the kingdom that is double the power of his father that came before him. It's literally how the last few lines go. Man. Want to know what that really means? What does that really mean? The door trap door opened up. The king fell through, blows his cloak off by the amount of pressure that came out of that fart. And the fart cloak lands on Shadwell's shoulder, and he's two times the dumb of his dad that came before him. I gotta read this. It's so good. Called Mac Fleckno. Mac Fleckno. Mac Fleck, no, that sounds like uh, that sounds like the sequel series. To, that sounds like a ripoff of Magnum P.I. It is, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's very good. That sounds good. Well, I, I don't think there's a better way to, to wrap up than with Mac Fleck, no. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. So, yeah, the good podcast good experience po- talking about the forward party and Mac Fleck, no. Oh, it's been a good time. It has good it has. conversation, good discussion. Good discussion. It was very, very, uh, very good subject. Very good subject. Up until Mac Fleck. No. <laughs> I'm glad we talked about all the other stuff first. First. Because we couldn't have kept a serious tone. We would, like, every time we talked about a policy, like, in place that we think stinks, we would have said, man. Such a Mac Fleck. Such, no. a, such a Mac Fleck. No. But yeah. Uh, Drew, thanks for, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. And we'll, we'll see you again soon. Well, we yeah. won't see you, but we'll hear you again soon. We'll meet you again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We might switch to seeing. Wait, wait, no, no, no. We'll talk about that later. We want to keep that a secret. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we got another we got another project going on that is going to be the best venture ever in podcasting. It actually it actually is. And there you have it. That's my conversation with my very good friend uh, Drew Hayden. I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I think you'll agree with, it, with me that it was pretty fun, pretty entertaining. I hope you guys enjoyed it, truly. Be sure to tune in in about two weeks' time to listen to our next outing. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy, love your neighbor, and do good things. See you guys.